working all weekend, mm-hmm. every single weekend. We didn't spend much time with other people. People were like, where's Rachel? And it was like, no, you don't understand. I have to do this. And so I was probably working consistent 80 to 100 hour weeks. I want to say it was 100 hours. I was so tired all the time, like getting four to five hours of sleep most nights if I was lucky, um, pulling lots wow. of all-nighters. But I just knew that the harder I hit the ground running, the faster that I wouldn't have to listen to someone tell me no again. Did you hear that? Mm. Rachel giving it all, letting it all out. Oh, I'm so excited for this podcast. And I know you're going to be excited for today, too, because today is a very special woman that you're going to learn from. And she tells everything that you need to know in order to make it as an entrepreneur, in order to grind. And don't even think you just have to be an entrepreneur when you listen to this. I want you to just think about anything that you want to do, any craft that you want to do, anything that you want to be great at, whether it's a sport, whether it is being an entrepreneur, whether you just want to be the best mom in the world. What do you have to, what is the hours take? What does the struggle look like? So it's, uh, it's an amazing podcast and she let everything out all her strategies i mean she as a social media strategist and her being able to just say how she grinded within two years to make it on her own and no longer have to work a nine-to-five job making seventy thousand a month it's just mind-boggling so i'm excited for you to listen to today's podcast so close the blind put the cat outside uh, put put blindfolds over the door whatever you got to do just make sure you got 100% attention on today's podcast because you will love it so continue to subscribe continue to listen in thank you for continuing to support the podcast and learning yourself so get your pen your paper out popcorn listen relax get a drink and enjoy today's episode hello this is Terrell Jones and welcome to the second episode of the Protege Project. So I'm excited um, because we have another wonderful guest here who's doing um, amazing things. I've um, been following her for, for some time now, and um, I'm, re- I'm really excited about, about this, uh, this interview because this is really going to show you what the behind-the-scenes work looks like in order to go from your nine to five, or if you, you know, if you're working a job right now, how you really make that transition, and more importantly, what is it really going to take, and what are the things you you need to be thinking about? So, I have the pleasure to be here with uh, uh, with Rachel Peterson, the social media strategist and manager, also known as the Queen of Social Media, and uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to be here. So, uh, Rachel, can you hear me? I can. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me, Terrell. All right. No problem. No problem. So, um, all right. So for the three and a half people that are not super, super familiar with you, uh, which I'm not sure why they wouldn't be, <laughs> could you just give them a quick snippet of um, just, just basically uh, who you are and how did you get to um, and, and what you got going on? Definitely. So I am, as you mentioned, a social media manager and strategist. I work with incredible clients. I absolutely love my clients. They're from around the world, established businesses. I've worked with Fortune 500, celebrities, massive influencers. Um, and, you know, it's kind of funny because I also, I also educate 
people how to become social media managers, and that's a huge part of my business as well. But both are things that I actively run, absolutely love. So it's kind of like I handle all portions of social media, the education, the matchmaking of it, the actual client work at times. Um, And so one day somebody said, oh, my gosh, you're kind of like the queen of social media. And I loved it, and I jokingly said it one day to someone else, but I was kind of joking. And they were like, oh, my Mm -hmm. gosh, own it. And I was like, you know what? You're totally right. I love it. Go with it. And so ever since then, I've just kind of gone by the queen of social media, and I kind of like it. So we're going to stick with it. (laughs) All right. That's lovely. I love it. I love it. All right. So, um. So uh, as I mentioned, I know I did, there's a lot of people here who are um, that's listening to this that are entrepreneurs, and um, and I wanted to I want them to I want them to really be able to understand what it's going to take for for them to sort of make that journey, and they're all in different uh, type of endeavors. So take me back, just so just so everybody can get familiar with with some of your backstory. Could you take me back from when you decided that you you really wanted to be in an entrepreneur journey? And then how did you go from this entrepreneurial journey to um, being a, a, a very successful uh, social media manager and strategist? And it's, it's up to you if you, know, you want to talk numbers. I know because I've been following you and listening to the, you know, been at some of the places that you've been speaking at. So, um, but, Jay, could you just sort of um, just, just walk everybody through that journey, your entrepreneurial journey? Yeah, definitely. So my entrepreneur journey has been – a little bit crazy. Um, I feel like everybody says that. Mine has been a little bit different just because I am a mom of two kids and, you know, I was working full time in a nine to five when that itch hit where I was like, I have to make a change. Uh, I got written up at work for missing work and I just was fed up and I got to that point where I was so mad that something had to change and I had thought about it in the past and I was like you know I I could take on clients and social media and all of a sudden I realized like I think that I need to just do this I'm I'm upset I want to be in charge of my own life and the craziest part about this whole journey is that it started just two years ago so that's one thing that I think surprises a lot of people. So I started this two years ago. That was when I first got the idea working in my nine to five full time. And it was this time in our lives where my husband and I had just, I had just gotten a good paying job for the first time in my entire life. And he got a great paying job. And, but at the same time, like we were coming out of a state of life. We had been through like a, a court case with a custody battle and, we actually had to move in with family so that we could not lose, you know, everything. And we racked up so much debt, like every credit card, every bank loan that we could get, we just racked up a ton of debt. And so we were at a place where it felt like we were really, even though we were in a place where we were making a lot of money, it didn't feel like it. It felt like we were back to the start when we first met and we're basically broke. And so it was this really stressful time and, all of a sudden, I got that dream, that itch, that that pull to start something. And I started it in October of 2015. And when that happened, I got so hungry. Like, I mean, hungry. Now we have, like, jokes around our house mm-hmm. all the time about being hungry and mad. Mm-hmm. Because, like, those are my two main, like, I'm going to get it. And so right. I hit the ground running so hard. I mean, I remember I was working 
50 hours a week in my nine to five and working on my lunch breaks, working there on my side hustle every free moment Mm -hmm. that I had working all weekend, Mm -hmm. every single weekend. We didn't spend much time with other people. People were like, where's Rachel? And it was like, no, you don't understand. I have to do this. And so I was probably working consistent 80 to 100 hour weeks. I want to say it was 100 hours. I was so tired all the time, like getting four to five hours of sleep most nights if I was lucky, um, pulling lots of all-nighters. But I just knew that the harder I hit the ground running, the faster that I wouldn't have to listen to someone tell me no again. So Mm. it was really tough, but it took me about six months to secure enough clients to pretty close to match my revenue from my nine to five. <laughs> I love how revenue and income become two very different things at, you know, once you right. become an entrepreneur, you, you kind of, you kind of don't care as much about income as you do about revenue, but um, sometimes. So my it, revenue from my side hustle started matching my income from my nine to five. And it was kind of this like freaky moment where I realized, oh, my gosh, I think it's time for me to leave my nine-to-five. So it was scary, and I wasn't familiar with it. I had never seen someone else do that in my life, and Mm -hmm. I did it, and I freaked out. (laughs) But I did that jump, and just about six months later, I retired my husband from his nine-to-five. And I said, you know, like, I was sick of seeing him then, lose himself to the nine to five. And I was like, let's get you out of there. So I brought him home. And from that point on, neither of us have ever worked a job. We've just done what we love. So it's been a wild ride. Just about two years now though. So crazy. Wow. That's beautiful. You know what? And you're you're doing something right. Cause I know people have been working for years and years and years and they just can't seem to crash the cold on on how to on, on how to really make that transition, and um, you know, to be honest, I'm I'm still trying to make the transition myself because um, during the day I do um, I work cybersecurity, and you know, so I work for um, I work for a contractor that's contracted to the Navy to help and do cybersecurity for the Navy ships, but you know, here here I am, you know, helping people be more productive doing training and everything, and um, you know. Although, you know, I'm probably just a little under under a year in as far as, you know, really saying putting my stake in the ground and say, All right, this is what I'm gonna do, um, you know, I'm I'm noticing even myself that it's harder to, mm-hmm. to to get traction. So, um so I so take me back to and I'm gonna ask you a little bit of details as far as like what have what what did your days look like? Because I, I assume when you say you was doing hundred hour weeks you you would include your 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 regular job, and then on top of that would be would be the additional hours that you put in, right? Or um, or you could just sort of let me know. But how how what, what were the like? And this is a little bit selfish for me too because I because my schedule <laughs> is from my schedule is from um, seven thirty to about four p.m. every day. So um, I'm sort of I'm listening for myself too. <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> So when I was working in my nine to five, I had to be at work at eight o'clock every day. So it was really an eight to five, which is even worse than a nine to five. Um, yeah. so eight to five. 
And I think the toughest part about that is that I'm not a morning person. Sorry, it sounds like my daughter rang the doorbell. Um, we might have some surprise kids on this podcast episode, but we'll see. So, <laughs> yeah, no problem. Never know what you expect. Um, it's all right. <laughs> you know, that could be even more fun. So right. I would wake up at like 7 o'clock. Try to, and I am like super big into getting ready fast. I've never been somebody who like takes the time to do a full face of makeup and like do all my hair. I am huge into like the faster I can style my hair, the faster I can do my makeup, the better. That's what I believe in. Right. And I, and so I'd get ready in like 10 to 15 minutes and jump out the door and get to work. And then I was always late. So I'd get there at <laughs> eight o'clock lunchtime. I would literally take conference calls the whole time. Um, try to secure clients during that, which was pretty fun. And then like on my break, you know, I would literally, you know how most people take like smoke breaks or bathroom breaks or sit in the kitchen right. and talk breaks. I would go and because I didn't want anyone to distract me or know what I was doing, I would go and sit in the bathroom on the toilet and tweet for all my clients. And so I would wow. sit there and like catch up on social media on the toilet, like, because that was the only place that nobody would catch on to what I was doing. And while mm-hmm. I was working, I was listening to podcasts with one headphone in. It was just like I was so hungry. And so I would take my phone calls on the way to work, on the way home from work. It was just insane. And then I would get home. Um, my husband would come home in about an hour. And at that point in time, I still, like, would cook dinner for our family. So I'd cook dinner. Mm-hmm. And we'd literally have an hour together as a family. That's it before it was like Mm -hmm. you got the kids and it was bedtime for them and then I'd get back to work then I'd spend the night you know from eight or nine o'clock at night until oh my gosh I think it was from eight o'clock at night until like two to four a.m. some nights working wow and and waking up at seven and waking up at seven so you could three to five hours honestly like some nights I or some mornings I would just wake up and I looked straight up dead and I was drinking so much coffee at that point like I was drinking massive like almost practically gallons <laughs> of coffee because I could barely stay awake but you know I did what I had to do for that period and I decided that I didn't want that to last for years I wanted to get out and get all mm-hmm. that time free and then the moment I got all that time free like how much more can I do at that time you know right Wow! Oh, wow! That's pretty cool. What? Yeah, that 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 is wow. That that's an amazing journey. So what what did your weekends look like? That I know that did that give you a little bit more time to to do that, or you <laughs> use that for family time, or you know, I'll be honest. At that point in life, there was not a balance. Um, I was definitely mm-hmm. in a place where I was so stressed and determined and mad and hungry that I realized that I was going to have to sacrifice a lot of family time. And I'm Mm -hmm. not somebody that's a big proponent of that. But what I do know is that I recognize one hour with our kids every night when we were tired and crabby and, you know, hating our jobs and spending the whole dinner complaining about how much we hated our jobs. Like that wasn't enough. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to sacrifice you know, maybe spending the whole weekend with my kids and maybe I'm going to spend an hour or two with my kids and then go to a coffee shop and work. And so it was Mm -hmm. a really, really tough season. Um, 
but I just knew it wasn't going to last forever. Like that was a time and a place and, you know, everything has totally changed. And now my work and my family are both very important, but my family ultimately comes before work. That doesn't mean they get me 24 seven because they wouldn't appreciate me then. But Mm. during that season, I work all the time. Like you said, you sacrificed for that for that period of time. And and how does it work? Well, how did you, how did you work that out? Work that out with your husband? Cause I, I remember um, listening to another interview that you did. That you know you said it was a little bit you know rough, you know ha- trying trying to you know work work it out with your you know your husband as well. And you know I mean it, it can be tough. You know I mean even with my like oh, yeah. doing you know doing everything from views and you know doing my online. Uh, you know, doing my blogs and my videos and things like that. You know, sometimes it get you know it, it can get rough. So how did you how did you work that out uh, um, during those times? Oh my gosh, um, it was definitely it was definitely like a tough time. Um, but part of the reason that I knew something had to change was because my husband was in a job that he hated. And you know, when you're in a job and you're like, this is not something I'm meant to do and you kind of get a little bitter. And so he'd come home from work every day and he was like stressed and I was stressed. And both, this is before I started being an entrepreneur. We both would come home and like both of us wanted to complain and then like argue about who had more to complain about. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone was familiar. My life is harder. Yeah, I know my life is harder. And so I just, I wanted him out of that job. I wanted to be out of my job. I wanted us to actually like our lives. And so when I went into the hardcore, like, nose down entrepreneurship mode of building, Mm -hmm. definitely it was tough for him because there were two things that were happening. One, I didn't have as much time to spend with him, but here was the thing. So in my head, I was like, oh, you know, he, he doesn't want me to work this much. He doesn't know what it takes to build. But the reality is he just wanted me to be happy. And I was in a place where, like, if I wasn't working, I was stressing about working. And so we've right. been able to talk through a lot of these things because now we talk with a lot of other entrepreneurs who are like, how did you guys balance that and all of that? You know, people ask us all the time, like, how did your marriage survive, the build of entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. how do you balance it now? Um, and the biggest thing is I thought, like, he didn't want me to be working so much to build something, but the reality is he just wanted me to be happy when I wasn't working or even when I was working, like, the concept. But I was so stressed about, like, what it was all going to look like. I wasn't enjoying the process. And he was like, this is mm. self this is self-caused stress. This isn't what I signed up for. I want us to be happy. So it, that right. was kind of cool revelation that we had in our relationship. Wow. You know what's funny? That 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 makes that uh, reminds me of uh, of a Jim Rohn quote that he said. It basically, and I'm probably straight chopping this up, but you know, he basically yep. said, you know, if some, you know, you know exactly what I'm gonna say, you know. You know, when you're at the beach, you know, some people, when they're at the beach, 
you know, they're thinking about when they have to be with their family, they're thinking about work. Or when they're at work, they're thinking about yeah. and they feel bad about not being home with their family. And, um, you know, and I hear about, I hear from a lot of entrepreneurs that, well, especially, you know, especially some of the most elite that's, you know, that's, that's really, you know, in the industry, is just that, you know, it's it's never easy. It's never easy for anybody. You know, I hear I hear Russell Spencer talking about it all the time on his podcast. You know, so you know, it's it's not it's definitely not a not an easy thing. So you know, one I appreciate you um for sharing that Rachel because I know you know it can not always be an easy thing to uh you know to to share some and be vulnerable like that. So okay, so all right, so let me uh so let me all right, so let me switch uh, I'm gonna switch it up a little bit. Um, as far as as far as that, because I think um, I think we got a pretty good idea on that. So, um, all right. So let's talk a little bit about social media and how you doing that. So, as far as uh, as far as social media, what have um, what some of the um, what, what would you say are some of your greatest accomplishments in regards to um, your social as far as far as like social media and you sort of building that, and then also because I want people to and I don't know if you did a good job yet. Of I don't really know how. how if people know how successful you are and some of the big things that you're doing. So I want you to sort of share some of those big wins with people and then also um and then also, you know, just, just sort of say, um just well let's just start with that and then um, I have a specific question about social media. And some of this is, is selfish, I'm just being honest. But I, I think the listeners will still be able to get um a a good uh, um a good idea from it. Get some good ideas. Well that's honestly like when I started my podcast, it was completely selfish. I was like, who do I want to talk to and who do I want to learn from? And it's like one of the best ideas right. you can possibly have. <laughs> so, right, um, exactly. It's so, it's so funny. Someone will be like, hey, can we get coffee? I'll buy you a coffee. And, and you know, I just want to pick your brain about something. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> and then somebody's like, hey, do you want to be on my podcast? I'm not going to buy you coffee. And I'm like, yep. So it's funny how that works. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so with social media, I still I still feel like I have so far to go. I feel like that's always you know, that's always kind of the mentality. Like I just want everything to be bigger and and not bigger from a vanity metric. So that's one thing right. that I have always been really I've always felt really strongly about is some people treat social media as just this vanity metric of like, well I have 15 million followers on Instagram and I'm like okay how many people do you have relationships with, you know like. You know, you have 15 million followers and you only sold $10,000 worth of your course. Like, that's okay. You don't have relationships. That's not you. That's some viral page or something, you know? So Absolutely. Thing, oh, that was huge to me. So people in the very beginning when I was building, they would kind of scoff at my numbers. And I just was like, you know, you do realize, like, those are real people who are actually connecting people that I'm building relationships with. Um, so that was huge to me. But pretty early on I think it was in February either February Mm -hmm. or March of last year yeah I did a couple of really intentional creative tweets for a client of mine and she had been wanting to win these two awards one was with Dragon's Den um with one of the Dragon's Den investors and he had a big competition and I, I tried it a couple of weeks in a row, and then on, like, the third try, she won the award. And it was all because of the of the tweet that I put out. So she won this big award and was invited to a huge um, conference and was honored on stage in front of thousands of people. It was a pretty big deal, and that was really exciting. But then I also, the next week, I was, like, on a high from that. I was like, this is awesome. You know, I just won an award for my clients. <laughs> 
So the next right. week I was like, okay, what's next? Like, what else do you want to win? And she's like, oh, here's this other one that I want to win. And I tweeted that one as well, and she won it. So it was just a kind of crazy couple of weeks. And I, at first I didn't realize, like, those were big deals. I was like, that's just so cool. Okay, but now, now what? And my dad was actually the one who said, Rachel, do you realize you are an award-winning social media strategist? You just won your client's awards. That's even better than winning awards for yourself. And I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? That's a win. I'm going to stack it. So that was one of the first <laughs> things that indicated to me, you know, you understand social media. Like, you really get it. Let's keep going. So that was huge. Um, some other big things that I consider to be huge accomplishments is I, I don't really care about the numbers of my followers. I mean, you can look at my at my social media accounts, and they're all they're all decent size. It's like you know, sixty something thousand on Facebook or whatever. But that doesn't mean as much to me as like the recognition of things that have happened. So one thing that was huge was. Uh, Russell Brunson, founder of ClickFunnels and my personal mentor um, in business, he had this huge competition called Expert Secrets. And there were some big players in this game. And it was like Pony Robbins, Amy Porterfield. Mm-hmm. I remember. Cardone. Yep. I see this list come out, but what I noticed is that I'm number 13 on the list when the first day came out. And I was like, what? This is wow. insanity. So I knew that I needed to absolutely hustle. Wow. Wow, so, that's huge. Number 13 out of that list. Yeah, actually, I remember talking about that on, on, on one of the uh, on, on one of the episodes, you know, all the big players and everything that, that, that he had um, as a part of it. And like he was saying, he sent out like, I don't know, 200 some odd video messages mm-hmm. to all the biggest influencers. So for you to come in 13, to 13, that's that's, that's huge. <laughs> that's huge. Well, it wasn't done yeah. there. I worked my way up the list, and I rallied my following, my communities, and we started to just, like, make this. We saw, like, the next time we checked, I was number 12. Then I was 11. Then I was like, okay, can I crack the top 10? And I got up to ninth the next day that they showed the, the placement. And so now we had to wait for the final results. And I made a big push, and I was like, oh, this is so cool. This is nuts. I'm doing something that's never been done before. You know, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I was the smallest person on that list, like smallest list size, smallest social media following, like by a long shot. And then when the final results came out, I was number eight on the list. Wow. I mean, just above Ty Lopez and Amy Porterfield. And it just kind of blew my mind. So that was a huge accomplishment. Um, <laughs> it's still kind of wow. feels weird. Really cool, though. Okay. Well, congratulations. I had Thank no you. idea because I was paying attention to that, but I, I had no idea. That's Wow, that's awesome. So now you know you got to give us the secret how you did it. You can't just say all okay. that and not do the secret. The secret to it is that I didn't play the same game as everybody else. I played the relationship game. And it sounds kind of crazy, but I was, like, building relationships and saying, you know, I even had some other people with big communities who were like, oh, I'll totally rep you because they believed in me. And so they were like, come to my community. They were even affiliates, and they were like, we don't care. Like, we're behind you. Let's do this, Rachel. And so I'd come into their communities, and they'd let me rep my link, which was just amazing. And um, and then, like, I – 
rallied my community around it. I was like, you guys, this is crazy. Like I'm on this list and you know, the, the more people see my name, the more my university looks good. So my students were like all behind right. it. It was just the coolest thing. And so I, we created really goofy videos for it, the contest. Like I created um, a video of me and my husband and I was like, we were just doing all these like dub smash videos and somebody photoshopped a picture of me onto Khaleesi from, or uh, Daenerys from Game of Thrones. <laughs> and we ran that ad for a while. I was like, oh, thank goodness I didn't get caught by like copyright or whatever trademark infringement. But we ran that and that was pretty funny. But it was just like this fun game. And when we turned it into a game and a relationship-based thing, I took off on the list. It was pretty cool. Wow. All right. So I got me some good notes here. That is that's awesome, Rachel. All right, so um, in a previous interview, so I heard you say someone else that um, you're talking about um, reaching out to influencers. I thought that was pretty interesting uh, as well. Um, do you have do you have any any tips or any any uh, you know any ideas as far as how to reach out to influencers? Because you know, I mean, we we know that you know when you you know if you can have some influencers standing behind you, either on you know your social media, your Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, anything you know that that help bring some you know, some some more popularity and attention, you know, to what you're doing. So do you have any 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 ideas or secrets or anything, any go tools that, that you're doing as far as um reaching out to, to people via social media? I mean well that you know, is, as far as influencing influences? Yeah. Um one of the things that is I think really huge is start to think about like who you want to work with someday and start building a relationship with them now. Because I get it's tough it's definitely tough because I still don't like necessarily see myself as an influencer just because I'm like a normal person. And I'm sure influencers feel that way too. You're like, I'm still just a normal person, you know, as long as I don't have a massive ego. And so Mm -hmm. I get pitched almost every single day in my inbox, both on email and on Facebook messenger. And there are some that are awesome. Like, Hey, you know, I, I wanted to thank you for doing this, like blah, 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 blah. Um, I wanted to send you this book and, you know, I think your kids would appreciate it. And I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Awesome. Thank you. But then there's the pitches that I get in my Facebook Messenger. Some people will straight up friend request me. And when I accept their request, they'll straight up ask for a favor. Hey, can you share this video with your following? And I'm like, wow. Um, And so I usually send back like a pretty, it's kind of like a snarky but funny educational response I say I I usually like a good date before a kiss and people are always like wait what I have a girlfriend and I'm like I know and I'm married I'm telling you I don't like being pitched before we have a relationship and then they're like well I'm so sorry and I'm like it's okay just keep that in mind next time you pitch somebody like build a relationship or else it's like you're just walking up to me on the street and trying to kiss me like Mm -hmm. it's not gonna work I don't think it's romantic right it feels like, you know, unwanted contact. And so I get that a lot. And it's so, that is like one of the toughest things. But when somebody takes the time to build a relationship, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'll do anything for you. So oftentimes like on my profile, I'll feature other people's courses or freebies or something that inspires me. I'll promote people. Mm -hmm. I do matchmaking because it's like the people, the time, to build relationships, I want to do anything for them. And so that's the big right. thing is like plan ahead 
And don't wait until you're desperate to try to connect with influencers. If you don't have a relationship with them, you might as well not even pitch them. Build the relationship and wait till the next go round. Mm. Yeah. That's good. Wow, wow, that is awesome. Well, Rachel, this has been an excellent episode. I had a lot of fun. Hope you had some fun as well. And um, I think oh, yeah. a, a lot of value for my, uh, that's a lot of value for my listeners. My, I have a, you know what, um, Rachel, I, just, I got a new puppy, and he's just like licking my ankles. So I'm here. <laughs> I have to pet him so he, so he can be good. His name is SpongeBob, actually. I got him on my uh, on my social. He's uh, he's actually very popular. My wife was thinking about giving him his own um, uh, Instagram channel. So I don't know. We'll see. Oh. He's a um, border collie, a black and white border collie. <laughs> so that's, that's pretty fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. So, <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, so that's, so that's awesome. All right. So um, any last parting thoughts, um, you know, really just in regards to, um, you know, the, the entrepreneurs that's out there, you know, if you, you know, if you had to leave anybody with, you know, maybe a few pieces of key advice as far as venturing out on their own and, and you know, leaving the nine, leaving it in the five to, to do an entrepreneurial journey, you know, what are some of the key pieces of advice you, you want to leave um, everyone with in order to, to make that happen? You know, the biggest thing is everything that you do, networking, looking for investors, finding potential partners. I mean, literally every single thing that you do boils down to one thing, social media, growing your following, you know, selling a course. It all boils down to relationship. And relationship is everything. If you can build relationship with people, your business will succeed. Absolutely, and I hear that, and I hear that all the time. You cannot, you cannot leave that out. Actually, um, I'm not familiar with Jeff Walker, but um, one of the things that Jeff says does online launches and everything. Um, and he's actually in the industry. Does it for a lot of the, you know, the, the um, big name entrepreneurs and Google's and everybody in every industry. If you want to learn how to get launched right, one of the things that he said that it doesn't matter, even if you have, you know. A, a ten thousand, a thousand per a person who has a thousand people that's on their newsletter, or that's on their list, can outperform somebody who has ten thousand people on their newsletter, because if those thousand people, if you have more of a, uh, of a relationship with that with those thousand people, and mm-hmm. um and yeah, I mean that's you know that's that's absolutely true. You know, I mean, I I, I definitely believe it to be true. You know, you got 10,000 people in your newsletter, but you don't have anybody clicking, opening. You don't have, you know, you don't have anybody that's engaged with you, but you got a, but you got a thousand people and you got 500 engaged. That can be, you know, that can be way more valuable. So 100%. Yeah. That is the name of the game. All right. um, All right, Rachel. So uh, where can everybody find you at and uh, follow, follow your stuff? Where can people learn more about me? You can find out all about me at my website, rachelpeterson.com. That's all E's and a D in my last name. And I actually have some awesome freebies there. If you check out my website, the latest freebies will be featured, and you can check it out. It will deliver a ton of value, and I can't wait for you to see what is on my website. All right, that is that is beautiful. All right, well, Rachel, I appreciate you so so much for providing so much value um, to everyone. And um, 
please go out and um, see what see what Rachel has going on and, and, and support her because you're going to learn so much about uh, social media. And if you've been struggling with your following, um, you definitely want to make sure that you get involved in everything that she has going on. So, Rachel, I appreciate you again, and thank you so much for, for being on today. Thank you so much for hosting me. Awesome. Yes, another great episode in the books, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, do me a favor and do three things for me. One, make sure that you subscribe to this podcast so you can continuously get updates every time I release a new interview. Two, make sure that you follow me across all platforms. It's I am Terrell Jones. I am Terrell with two R's and two L's. Jones, and that's of course my Facebook, my Instagram, and my Snapchat, and my Twitter. And then number three, make sure that you check out other things that I have going on on my website, which is Terrell-Jones.com. So until next time, you continue to go out, you continue to grind, and make each and every day more productive.